Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we believe that being resilient as a leader is not just a good idea. It's absolutely required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships, committed to helping leaders thrive. Well, you've heard me repeat the old adage on this podcast and many other places as well, that leaders are readers. In fact, I've never met a strong leader who wasn't also committed to reading as a significant vehicle and habit to their growth and development. But this creates a problem because according to Google Books, there are 129 million books that have been published since the invention of the Gutenberg Press in 1440. And according to Toner Buzz, each year, half a million to one million new books are published. If you include self-published authors, that number climbs to about four million new book titles every single year. It's easy to get overwhelmed when you hear something like that. So the question is, how are leaders to decide what books to read? Because for every book that you choose to read, you are making an intentional choice not to read millions and millions of others. And if leaders are readers, then we've got to think through how do we choose what to read. A few weeks ago, I was chatting with my dad on the phone. We were sharing book recommendations with with each other, books we've been impacted by and, and we found great and meaningful that we thought each other would enjoy. And my dad, at the end of the conversation, asked an important question. He said, how do you decide what you read? It's a great question. And it's a question that I think everyone needs to think through. I shared a few things with him on the phone call. But after the call, I dug up some of my old notes that I had created a few years ago of an intentional filter or decision tree of how I select which books to read. I want to expound on that that idea further here, this idea of a reading filter. You have to have a filter or your reading will be unintentional, like shooting buckshot. That's not terrible, but I want to challenge you to think in a more focused, intentional, and strategic manner with the types of books that you read. Now, I realized that before I developed a reading list or a set of guiding principles for my reading, I would often find myself getting overwhelmed when I visited Barnes & Noble or I was given an Amazon gift card. I would think, all these books, so little time, how am I going to decide? But then I developed a grid, a framework, a mental model, this decision tree for me regarding the books I read, and I was no longer overwhelmed. I felt deeper purpose and confidence in my reading choices, and I no longer second-guessed myself. It doesn't mean that every book that I picked up now ends with being a great read. Most are, but I will say my batting average is pretty high once I became intentional about these eight filters. So I want to submit these to you, and then I want to ask you if you've got some filters that you use for the books you decide, and I would love to hear from you. So here are the the eight. Number one, read to your interests. Read books that unpack ideas or topics that you are intensely curious about. First, ask, what am I curious about right now? What interests me or fascinates me? And then when you come across a book that is addressing that curiosity, pick it up. So it's important that we identify our itches and then find books that will scratch those itches. 
So what are you interested in knowing more about? Is it a hobby or a biography of a leader you admire? Or you want to know more about something in particular? Is it going deeper on a current event you find fascinating? Whatever it is, read to your interests, number one. Number two, read to your gaps. Read to where you need to grow in your life. Take a few minutes and write down the areas where you want to grow and improve in the next six to 12 months. It could be things like you want to learn how to fix a leaky sink or, I don't know, how to, how to play the tuba or how to speak Japanese or how to draw on your courage to navigate difficult and emotional conversations, how to give better presentations when you're in front of others, how to cultivate a healthy culture in your organization. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to read to your areas of growth. You can find books that have much more value in the areas where you want to grow. That's number two. Number three, don't succumb to slick marketing or feel the pressure that you have to read something just because seemingly every other person is reading it. You don't have to keep up with the literary Joneses. The New York Times bestseller list is interesting to look at it, but it doesn't mean you have a homework assignment now. Beautiful covers are nice. Clever titles are fun, fancy ads in Time Magazine or pop-up, uh, pop-ups on websites are intriguing, but it doesn't mean it's where you should devote your time and energy. Number four, balance the old books with the new books. C.S. Lewis offered this advice to not read a new book until you've read an old one first. Now, right now, I'm reading a book that was published a few months ago, and then I'm also reading a book by someone who passed away about uh, 30 years ago. And so I find this to be fascinating to toggle back and forth. Read authors who are alive and read authors who are dead. Don't just read books that have been written in the last few years. Number five, read specific authors, authors that motivate you, that inspire you already. There are certain authors that it doesn't matter, it pretty much doesn't matter what they publish. But because of who they are, and I resonate with what they have written in the past, I will pretty much pick up and read. Uh, some authors are really good, but uh, I learn from a, few, a select few, no matter what. People like Malcolm Gladwell and N.T. Wright, Andy Crouch, Anne Lamott, Malcolm Geit, David Brooks, Arthur Brooks, Wendell Berry, Mary Oliver. Those are just a few for me. But we all have our own authors that we find are consistent in the quality of their writing and who really intrigue us. Whoever those are for you, pick those authors up. Number six, read about the lives of people that you admire. Biographies are great treasures for leaders. They're great to learn from, especially if you're a leader. Just this morning, on a table for a used book sale at the YMCA after I was done swimming, I picked up a biography of Harry Truman, written by his daughter. Now, I like what I know of Harry Truman, but I really want to know more. I hear good things about him, but I just don't know specifics about his life. So it was an easy $2 purchase for me. Books on great leaders and thinkers and people in your line of work are a valuable investment of your reading time. Those who lived inspiring lives, and you get a chance to peek behind the curtain, to pop the hood and look under the hood and see what makes them tick, what habits they developed, who influenced them, what successes they had, and where did they fail, and what implications, if any, can their lives have on our lives today. So read 
about the lives of people you admire. Number seven, rely on the opinions and recommendations of a few specific thinkers and leaders whom you trust. There is a list of about four or five or six leaders and people that I know that whenever I'm around them, I ask, what are you reading these days? Even if I've never heard of the books that they're reading, I write them down and often purchase them. And they're almost 100% correct. So make a list of the leaders who read well, who think well, and who lead well. And then ask them regularly, what are you reading right now? But maybe ask a more important one, why did you pick that up and read it? And how did you go about deciding on that? Because that is the question that is most interesting. Number eight, read books about true things. Now, this is, this is where this episode will get me in trouble and I will offend some people. I read almost entirely nonfiction, maybe once every year or two. I will pick up a small fiction book. I get a lot of pushback from others on this, and you're free to disagree. But in my mind, there are too many true things in the world that I need to learn from first that I don't have enough time to read about things that are untrue. I know, I know, I know. This is I, I'll be getting hate mail for this, but hey, to each his own. I just don't read very much for entertainment. I read for information and for formation. Now, I know this isn't the only filter or decision tree that readers can use to decide what books to read, and that's fine. This is just my list that I've developed over the years, and I hope it's helpful for you as well. Regardless if you agree or disagree with my decision tree, I want to challenge you as a leader to be purposeful, deliberate, and thoughtful with what you read and develop your own decision tree. But I'm also curious, listeners, what is your filter? What is your decision tree? And what framework or grid do you use in making decisions of what you'll read? I would love to hear them. Maybe I'll learn some new principles and add to my decision tree. Feel free to drop me a line at jrbriggs.com or at kairospartnerships.org. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, that you read is important, but learning what leaders are reading is fascinating and understanding why you read and how you decide what you read and thus making an intentional decision of what not to read is deeply important to your formation as a leader. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thanks as always to Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Joel produces all of the episodes of this podcast and he is a voracious reader himself. If you have video or podcast production needs, Joel helps to tell your story of your organization in clear and compelling ways. You can visit him at onalimproductions.com or visit the show notes to learn more. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, read, but be purposeful with what you read. Know why you read and how you can find the act of reading to be even more valuable in the days ahead. Have a great week. Have a great week.